It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coach Harris and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Should be back to a normal week this week. Thank you guys for being patient with me last week. I'm feeling much better. Thank you for all the texts and the tweets and the messages and all that. That was, uh, that was awesome. Appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. Back to normal. Got a lot to talk about today. And really a huge weekend for Auburn basketball with rumors tying Auburn to to Walker Kessler, the transfer from UConn. Sounds like he was in town this weekend. And then, of course, Auburn landed uh, their new point guard, a guy that you got to assume at the current, you know, the, the current state of the roster, Wendell Green, will be their next point guard. So we'll talk about that in the second segment, a little basketball action. In the third segment, we'll talk with Lindsey Crosby, our resident uh, Auburn baseball expert. And boy, I mean, they're still playing as we record this. Like, they may not be done. Lindsey sent me this text where uh, we're going to record 6.30 on Sunday. And he's like, hey, just a heads up, they may, not, may, they may not be done scoring runs against us by that point. It's like, yikes. Yeah, you may be right. You may be right. But yeah, the Masters just wrapped up. Congratulations to, um, to Sadeki. That was uh, Matsuyama. That was um really impressive showing by him. But I think the story of the weekend, obviously nationally people will be talking about everything that happened at the Masters, but holy cow, the news finally broke. And we knew that there was a scrimmage and it wasn't as um, stretched out and, you know, they didn't go live because of weather. So Harson moved it from Jordan-Hare to the indoor practice facility and there's less uh, there's less room on the sides. So they didn't go live for safety purposes, but... All in all, sounds like the defense absolutely dominated, and that's kind of what you expected. However, when they did some red zone stuff, they both went started you know red zone stuff around the twenty, and also shorter field inside the five is kind of what it sounds like. It sounds like the uh, the Auburn offense did pretty well. It sounds like Mike Bobo really leaned heavy on that that hard nose running game. So you you love to hear that, but the storyline. Coming out of this, coming out of this weekend has nothing to do with the team. It has everything to do <laughs> with one individual person. Of course it does. Because JJ Pegues, it just soaks up conversation like a sponge. Every single time there's a chance for us to talk about JJ Pegues, we gotta do it. And Coach Harson, he made the announcement over the weekend. Hey guys, JJ Pegues is now playing defensive line. And here's just a warning, my friends. Tomorrow, when Charlie Five joins us for the weekly Charlie Tuesday segment, which you guys love, he is going to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about how right he was during this whole process. So just get ready for that. He sent out a tweet shortly after the announcement, something like he tagged me and tagged Locked on Auburn in it. and was like something along the lines of, I hate being right all the time. <laughs> which is great. Good for him. But he like he apparently had he apparently had two sacks in the scrimmage, which is exciting. 
there were pictures, and I don't know if these were Auburn Undercovers pictures. They posted them, but they may have come from the university. I, I've been kind of busy this week. But I think uh, he was going up against, there was a picture of him going up against um, Khalil Irving, or Jaleel Irving, excuse me. And so that tells me that he wasn't with starters. It was, because we've heard them go a lot of best on best. So I kind of wonder if that was reserves versus reserves, second team versus second team. And it looked like Grant Loy was the quarterback in that picture as well. So take that for what it's worth. I think that means something. I don't know exactly how much it means, but I do think it means something. But look, I mean, the guy's got the body type to be a very explosive and very dynamic defensive tackle. And I saw a lot of people, people talking about this in the Discord and people talking about this on Twitter. I get it. I get all of it because the idea of a 300 pound super athletic dude making safeties miss is exciting, but there's a reason there's a reason we've never seen it before. And I just think that kind of athleticism can really help you out, especially when you're kind of thin in the defensive tackle position, especially after Jeremiah Wright messed up his knee earlier in the spring season. So uh, I think that's kind of where we are. I think it makes sense. I think we saw this move coming. You still got to wonder to what extent, right? Like, I mean, is he going to be in goal line situations? Does he still, you know, is he still possibly the number three tight end on this team? He certainly has the ability to do it. I'd like him much more as the number three tight end and number two or three defensive tackle. I think that's a, a very good use of his roster spot opposed to him just being kind of slot tight end extraordinaire J.J. Pegues. I, I think the ability for him to move well and to use his hands and his first step, I think a lot of what he does translates well to the defensive line. And I think we're going to see that early and often this year. And that's going to be kind of a big talking point over the next several months. You know, obviously we've got a day this Saturday, but after that, it's like, where do we go from here over the course of the summer? And I think with what we see on a day and how much we see JJ Piggies play on the defensive side of the ball, that's going to fuel a lot of summer content, whether you like it or not. I think that's kind of, uh, I think that's what it's going to be. So the defense dominated. The defense played really well. Harson said that they turned it over three or four times. The defense got the football back three or four times. And uh, they also had a defensive touchdown, which is, uh, which is exciting. So kind of what you expected. But like I said, you heard good news on the offensive side of the ball when it came to the red zone. And I think with the way that I believe Auburn is going to be able to run the football in 2021, I think that makes sense because they cited the running game. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I don't care who's the offensive line. I think with what they did last year paired with Tank Bigsby and the scheme that Bobo and Harshin are going to bring, I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And I think they're going to run a ball, uh, going to run the ball a ton in the red zone. That's just where I'm at. That's just where I'm at on all of that. So, uh, today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And I tell you what, a lot of the sports that I really closely follow are done. So I'm starting to look ahead at the futures, some future betting lines. And they've got Heisman odds and, uh, you know, who's going to win the national championship in 2021. 
And we'll talk about all of that. We'll probably do a specific show for uh, betting futures sometime soon, maybe once spring practice is over and things slow down a little bit. But, of course, they cover award shows, TV shows, reality TV, all that stuff. Uh, Real-time update, nods and props on almost anything you can imagine at betonline.ag. Head to the website and use the mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And of course, just use the promo code Locked On. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. Save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Let's talk a little basketball. Let's uh, let's talk about Auburn's newest point guard, Wendell Green. And a lot of folks kind of pointed to this guy when he entered the transfer portal. He's from Western Kentucky. He's a Detroit native, but he played at Western Kentucky last year or excuse me, Eastern Kentucky, EKU, Eastern Kentucky, and made his announcement Friday afternoon. I really like this guy. 5'11", 170-pounder, and he started 25 of the 29 games that he played in, and he was the team's highest scorer. He averaged 15.8 points per game. So he's very explosive. He's got great range. He, um, you know, a, a lot of this is I, I'm getting from Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. He, he had a great write-up on him over the course of the weekend. I think his basketball coverage is first on the Auburn beat, and then there's a long, huge gap before you get to number two. So, highly recommend you check out his stuff. I think it's worth every bit of it. But, detailed his slow start from three, and then he really, really heated up, and then he pretty much was a 40% from three type player after he got over his slump at the you know the start of the season. And he really showed out that he was a lot better than this three-star recruit that ended up going to to Eastern Kentucky. And he really, really showed that he deserves to be playing at a level higher than the Ohio Valley Conference. And so it was kind of obvious that he was going to enter the portal. And then obviously he chose Auburn. And you got to love the style of play that Green has because it's very similar to Jared Harper, very similar to Javon McCormick, Taj Shamson Dean. I mean, all of these these point guards, and then obviously Sharif Cooper. Bruce Pearl has a type, and he's been going with these electric and polarizing dudes that can just move the basketball all over the place. Anybody can be passed to at any given time, and also those guys can shoot it from anywhere on the court, maybe with the exception of Taj and and Reef um, over the you know the the center of those guys that we talked about. So I really really like it. It sounds like he's an aggressive defender. And then Justin did a good job kind of breaking down where he's coming from when he played at EKU. This team was very big on tempo. They played uh, they played as one of the fastest teams in college basketball. I think uh, I could pull it up, but I think they're like time per possession. Um, was like second quickest in college basketball. So he's used to playing fast. He fits really, really solidly into what Bruce Pearl wants to do and what these point guards have been able to do. So I'm I'm all in on this decision. I, I think it makes a whole lot of sense. I think right now he's the favorite to start. 
I think the big question now is what does it mean for Zepp? Does Zepp, could he start at the two? Obviously, the transfer from um, from College of Charleston. So I think when you look at that, it's like, okay, you've got those two, the one and the two, and then Flanagan at the three, and then Jabari Smith the four, and then your five may actually be a guy that was on campus this weekend for an unofficial visit, Walker Kessler. The, uh, the eventual transfer from UNC, somebody's going to win his services. It sounds like it's either going to be Auburn or Gonzaga. He spoke with Gonzaga the day after the national championship game. Of course, they lost last week. And he was on campus, apparently, over the course of the weekend. Saw a few tweets about that. And I'm reading an article from Fansided about this. Um Drew, Orange and Drew tweeted out, Walker Kessler was on Auburn's campus this afternoon. Not sure if he's still there, but I've confirmed he at least stopped by and walked around on his way home from Destin with his family. So that is uh, that's a big thing. That is a big thing. It sounds like Bruce Pearl and the Auburn staff have been all over his recruitment ever since he entered the transfer portal. He's a former five-star guy, and I think he could be the starting center for the Tigers next year. And obviously, that would be a huge deal, a very, very big deal. It would make Auburn's roster significantly better as soon as he announced his decision, which a lot of people think that it could be any day now. So maybe that by the time you're listening to this, maybe uh, late Monday or sometime on Tuesday, he's made his decision. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But all in all, I think it's a huge win. I think that is a huge win on both fronts for the Tigers, getting a position for Kessler, and then obviously securing Green, who I think is going to be an outstanding point guard for Bruce Pearl. And with this wonky, weird uh, rules that... Uh, I thought the transfer stuff had already been a, like official, but it, it's everybody's just assuming it's going to be official by the end of the month. Um, but assuming everything falls into place with eligibility and you know, your one-time transfer and all that, he'll have four years of eligibility left. So that's exciting. That is a very, very good thing. So really, really reminds me of Jared Harper. That's just kind of, I don't want to put too much on the guy, but I think he's capable of it. He really, really reminds me of Jared Harper. Does he have that it factor that Harper had? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see, but I really, really like what I see from Green, and obviously Kessler would add a lot to that. So coming up in just a moment, we will talk with Lindsey Crosby. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. BuiltBar.com. That is where you can order the best tasting protein bar ever. Hopefully you have had a Built Bar by now. If you have not, you need to go order some. They're delicious. Highly encourage you to get their variety box so you can kind of sample which flavors you like. And then you can build your own box moving forward with that information. So they've got a ton of amazing flavors. All these flavors are high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar. Some have virtually no sugar, um, but all the bars are covered 100% in chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. It really is a protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's at builtbar.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. We're now joined by our Auburn baseball expert, Lindsey Crosby. And Lindsey, I was really looking forward to doing these segments every week when the season started. And uh, after, uh, after just... I mean, I'll say getting embarrassed at home to Mississippi State, five to six on Friday, two to seven on Saturday, and then we're recording this Sunday afternoon slash evening, ten to nineteen, uh, with a lot of those coming in the very first inning. This hasn't been fun. This has not been a fun weekly segment with you. <laughs> yeah, no, like I was excited to be on the pod and to contribute, and I'm like, I just get to come on here and talk about Auburn baseball being bad every week. Oh. It's just kind of salt in the wound. It's rough, man. It's been bad. Uh, this is this. It's been bad, but I mean, at this point, I think we just have to say what the people have been waiting for and say this team is bad. Uh, but specifically, it's it's the pitching staff. Yeah, this pitching staff is not good, and I don't know why. We have talented pitchers. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's an approach issue, if it's a coaching issue, if it's a technical. Uh, I don't know why, but they're much better than they've been performing. Um, and it, it's, it's not just like one guy. You can't just pinpoint like, oh, yeah, this starter has not been. It's everybody. And um, it's weird because all yeah, of these no, individual guys, they've had individual moments where it's like, okay, good. Maybe they're back now. And then, you know, they may have two good outings in a row. And then it's like, oh, nope, they're they're bad again or they're off again. You know, some, something is not quite right uh, pretty much throughout the bullpen. It's been It's been hard to watch. Yeah, you know, so game three, Joseph Gonzalez made it two-thirds of an inning, nine runs. You alluded to it earlier. And it, it took us eight pitchers to finish that game. It, it's a blowout at that point. It took us eight pitchers to finish that game, and those eight pitchers had nine walks, five wild pitches, slash throwing errors, one was a missed pickoff, and five hit-by-pitches. So we put 19 runners on base without them having to do anything. Gross. And it's I mean, we have much, like, so much more talent than what comes out on the field. And I don't understand. The brain span in me doesn't want to think it's Tim Hudson's fault. But at a certain point, you have to wonder, like, is it the pitching coach? You know, like, is, is that the issue? Because the only thing that's really different from two years ago when we went to the College World Series and this year is, I mean, there's a piece here, piece there. But really, the only big difference is Tim Hudson. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, you're starting to see it, and you're going to see more of it because I don't think this team's going to get any better this season. But you're you're starting to see people call for Butch Thompson's job, and I'm just telling you right now, people don't do that. Like, stop, stop it, stop it. I am so far away, still from calling for Butch Thompson to go anywhere. So, but you gotta you gotta point your finger yeah. at something, and it's like I don't want it to be Timmy, but it's like, is it? I mean, he, here's the thing. The, the offense has produced. The defense has been there. And I say the offense has produced. People are going to say, well, this game they scored two runs or that game. It happens from time to time. But on the whole, the offense has produced. The defense has produced. It's the pitching staff. And I agree with you. Like, you can't, you can't fire Butch Thompson this season for this. I know people are angry. People think you should. But two years ago, this man had you in the College World Series. Right. And do you remember what this was before he was here? So, like, he's shown that it's not necessarily him. He's not the issue. We, we kind of can isolate the problem is specifically the pitching staff. And so, I mean, let's see how the rest of the season plays out. Maybe they'll figure something out. Maybe they'll change an approach. 
and the back half of the season will have better results as far as what they're trying to do. But as of right now, it's obvious what the issue is. And there is a individual person in charge of that aspect of the team. And so the logical conclusion is if the season finishes like this, Tim Hudson's going to be let go at the end of the season. I'm scrolling through just to kind of jog my memory of this season so far. And Lindsay, it, it looks like there is one game that Auburn lost due to offense, not having offense. And it was that Friday game against Ole Miss where Greenhill killed it and, and Auburn lost 0-1. to one. But everything else, it's like, okay, Auburn's scoring pretty much four or five runs, and then ironically, like, they're winning 2-1. to You know, they won 2-1 to one the following Thursday with Greenhill's out, awesome outing against Arkansas. But, like, pretty much every outing, they're scoring four or five runs. And with Butch Thompson teams of old, they're usually in those types of games because the pitching has been so strong. It's just a different team, and it's not for the better. Well, you have to remember that old Miss game. Gunnar Hogland is considered one of the top 15 big, uh, players in college baseball right now. So, I mean, he's a projected first round pick. So it's, you know, it's, it's understandable to have a night where you, you know, you don't, you don't score offense against a guy like that. But yeah, scrolling back through for the most part, it's been the bullpen giving up leads late or the starting rotation putting us in such a hole we just can't dig out of. Um, I mean, every year since Butch Thompson's been here, if you would have told me going into a game, hey, you get five runs, no more, no less, you get five runs, are you taking it? And I'm like, yes, yes, I will absolutely take that. Yeah, I'm taking that. Yeah, so it's just different. It's just a different team. So you got Alabama coming up. You know, they're they're better than we thought they were going to be. That is the story of this season. I feel like every single person, uh, every single team that we played is, better than we thought they were going to be. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's honestly a little frustrating at this point. It's just every single team is, the SEC is kind of stacked top to bottom. I mean, looking at the projected field for for Omaha, I mean, they've got eight SEC teams in, and there's two others that are like in the first eight out. And we have played those two teams that were in the first eight out, and we got beat by both of them. And so it's, I mean, it's a very deep SEC, Alabama, Included. Alabama's having a, a, a decent season. It's obviously not good enough for them to claim a championship for it. They'll probably still try, but sure. you know, it's a good season and, and they have a talented team and I'm, I'm a little nervous about what that's going to look, especially because we're going to Tuscaloosa. And it was a little weird because they kind of like chickened out of the, the capital city classic. And I'm like, why are they doing that? Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh no, we got to go up there and they're playing better than we are right now. So we'll see. We'll see. Did you watch a lot of Masters this weekend? Because, dude, Lindsay, I've watched more golf this weekend than I've watched in a long time. I The only time that I pretty much can let my family know, like, hey, like, I am not moving from this TV for, three, for two and a half, three days is Masters weekend. So this is about the only chance that I got to really watch a bunch of golf. I am. It was so nice. You know, I'm always happy to see a first. I'm always like, I mean, you did it, obviously, but it, it, you know, it just took a bunch of medical stuff to make, make that happen. Uh, I'm always excited to see a first, I, you know, so I'm glad that, that Japan, because Japan is big in the golf. I'm glad that they finally have their own champion now. Sure. Um, I'm very excited to, to see the reception he gets. And honestly, that's going to be a killer champions that are next year. That really is going to be a great champions that are next year. Yeah. Um, Just a bunch of good golf over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. You know, in the whole weekend, I'm like really anybody, but Justin Rose. And then. 
Sunday, I mean, <laughs> Matsuyama was like so far ahead. It's like, well, uh, come on. I want some drama. And like, you know, he missed the putt at the end where it's like, okay, maybe if he somehow misses this, we'll get a playoff. But yeah, I mean, I wish there would have been more drama on Sunday, but beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. I mean, either way, it was, he put in a good Saturday. Saturday was fun and entertaining. And then Sunday was just, I'm not going to call it complete dominance, but I mean, it was wire to wire. You know, he, he went in there. He wasn't nervous. He just went in there, did his job, executed his shots, made his putts, went home with a green jacket. Yep. Yep. Try to try to tie that to an Auburn story. I really can't. There was a guy sitting on the eighth hole with an Auburn mask and Auburn hat on. That's the only Auburn tie I can come up with. Not a lot of Auburn action at Augusta, but that's okay. That is okay. Lindsay, uh, thanks for coming on and talking about sad things with me. <laughs> I, um, you know, I'm, I'm really worried they're going to think it's me because you didn't have me on two years ago when they went to the College World Series. We're really worried you're going to think it's me. Hey, you said it, not me, man. You said it, not me. I, I was going to just <laughs> ignore it. I was just going to ignore it. Nah, I'm nice. joking. I'm joking. Follow Lindsay on uh, all of the socials at Auburn Banker and, of course, in the Locked on Auburn Discord. We'll be back tomorrow. It's a Charlie Tuesday coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.